Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We have exciting news at Teams & Co. We're launching Teams Global, our online learning platform aimed at helping you develop the skills you need and also develop your teams. We've noticed through working with our clients that there's common training gaps. It happens in every organization. Teams Global is meant to be approachable content that will help you with the building blocks that you need to achieve your strategy, accelerate your growth, and empower your teams. For updates on our launch, please visit our website at teamsandco.com or follow Teams Global on social media. You can choose from LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Welcome to Building Teams with Teams & Co, where we explore how leaders can empower their teams, achieve ambitious strategies, and deliver an exceptional customer experience. Views expressed by guests are their own and may not reflect the views of Teams & Co. Everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Building Teams with Teams & Co. Hey, Mike. Hey, Tracy. How you doing? Doing well. Looking forward to this week's episode. We're going to chat a little bit about current state analysis and some questions that we've received over the last couple of months about that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. First, though, uh, Tracy, we've been doing this podcast for a little bit now. You've been uh, you've been podcasting longer than I have, but um, wanted to start this conversation before we hop into current state analysis by asking you, outside of building teams, what's your favorite podcast? Ooh, I, I love podcasts. Um, it was actually one of the reasons I was pretty uh, nervous about starting our own podcast because, uh, yeah, I just love listening to podcasts. I listen to them when I'm, you know, walking the dog or running. Um, I tend to listen to longer format podcasts. Mm. Um, one of my favorites is Armchair Expert. Uh, it's, a, it's a show where there's two hosts, Dak Shepard and Monica Padman, and they interview people who are experts in their areas. So it's hmm. movie stars and writers and, you know, uh, medical experts, news folks. It's just a, a, a wide variety of guests and they average about, you know, an hour, hour and a half. So it's kind of a nice way to dive in deep um, and kind of get a lot of information. And they tend to be super informal and you just, uh, yeah, interesting conversation. So I enjoy those. So do you say they're more entertainment or more like informative? You're learning stuff that you can use in your life. Yeah, I will. Um, I will admit that I usually um, err towards the ones. I know this will be very disappointing to you, but I err towards <laughs> the ones that are more educational just because I love listening to fascinating people talk about the interesting work that they do. So less the pop culture episodes and more the like news uh, and kind of uh, current events uh, episodes are are my uh, my go-tos. But every once in a while, I will listen to more of the pop culture and impress my friends with the very, very small amount of pop culture knowledge that I've gained. So <laughs> got it. Got it. That's that's awesome. Do you have a favorite one of those episodes that you like oh. a doctor or a business yeah, expert or? Who's one of your favorites? Tough one. They've had some. They've had some really great ones. Um, I'm trying to think through all the episodes and which ones I've uh, I've enjoyed the most. I, I'm gonna have a. I'm gonna have to take a take a minute to think about that, and uh, maybe I'll ask you what your favorite podcast is in the meantime, and I'll I'll think about my favorite podcast guest. <laughs> yeah, mine is super easy. I love. Uh, I'm a huge Denver Broncos fan. That's the the football over my shoulder. 
Uh, that was actually signed by the 87 Broncos team. Uh, and I love a podcast called the DNVR Denver Broncos podcast. Um, it's a daily podcast talk about Broncos and uh, it, it's pretty awesome. It's the first segment is usually 30 to 45 minutes and then they uh, flip to a second segment where it's actually user or uh, listener questions. So um, I am uh, one of the the listeners on that show and uh, and it's just awesome. It's Broncos football all year round. Uh, we talk a lot about, you know, both the current state of the Denver Broncos and uh, and then the future state of where we're building towards. So current state Broncos coming off a five and 11, very disappointing season. Looking forward to bridging to, from our, our current state to a desired future state um, is a lot of what the that Broncos- That was well done, Mike. That was really well done. So, <laughs> so a nice little segue um, into our topic today, current state analysis. You know, I think we we all do different types of current state analysis from, you know, sports to just different segments of our lives. But um, Tracy, that's one of the things that we do a lot of when we work with our clients. Yeah. You know, current state analysis is one of the core offerings that we have. Um, and yeah, excited to, to dive into that topic with you a little bit today. Um, do you just want to start by giving a general overview of what a current state analysis is and when an organization would would consider deploying one? Yeah, of course. I think current state analysis are, um, you know, exactly what it sounds like, right? It's where where are we today? Um, and so what we try to do when we look at current state analysis is not only look at, you know, the organization, kind of, you know, the typical metrics a company would look at, their sales, you know, different kind of operational metrics, um, marketing metrics, et cetera. We also look at the external viewpoint as well. So we'll mm -hmm. interview stakeholders, we'll interview partners. We interview, obviously, the internal teams, customers. Uh, and so it's really that 360 view, hopefully, for you and your organization about where are we today? What are we doing well? What maybe or could we do better? Uh, where are we seeing some of those what we call friction points, right? Like where are those places where we think it should be easier than it is, right? We all have those mm -hmm. things when we go through our day. You know, we are like, ah, oh, why is this so hard? This should be simple, right? Like how many times do we all say that to each other? Current state analysis is the tool that you would use to understand, okay, where is that happening? How do we potentially fix it? And kind of just kind of assess where you and your organization maybe have some opportunities to go even faster. And then also where are some opportunities to improve? So that's a, that's a current state analysis in a, in a nutshell. And we've, we've done a few of these with our clients recently. I would say you can do it anytime, right? There's no like time frame that you can't do a current state analysis. You don't want to do them so often that you're always you know, like you're always in this analysis phase. Right. Um, but definitely I've seen organizations and heard of organizations doing them more often in the last, you know, 16 months, right? Like we're in this ever-changing kind of uh, environment. And so it wouldn't be unheard of to kind of do a full current state analysis and then maybe do like a pulse checkup, you know, in six months, just kind of say, yeah, are we on the right track? Are things going the way we want to? kind of check back in with all those stakeholders, see if from their perspective, you're, you're, you're going in the direction that they think is, uh, you know, positive, but that's kind of a current state analysis in a, in a nutshell. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. What, what jumps to mind for me is, um, how an organization can use it to really ground themselves, uh, in the true reality. One of the things that has been sort of interesting as we've done more and more of these is how often especially executives and senior leaders have a view of or a perception of reality. 
and they believe some things very strongly about their organization. And throughout the course of a current state analysis, some of those assumptions are challenged and some of those assumptions are validated. But what we found is that so often executives don't always have exactly their finger on the pulse as much as they think they do. And it's been really interesting for me to see how powerful this can be as a tool to help leaders really challenge their own biases and be able to move forward on sure footing that they really do understand the current state of their their business. Yeah, and that's totally understandable, right? Like if you think about it, Mike, it makes perfect sense how we get there as a as an organization and as a team, right? We all sit in a lot of meetings all day. You're speaking to kind of the same, you know, people. You know, as an executive, you might speak to a couple of customers, but what we find is a lot of times you speak to the same customers over and over again because you've just gotten to know them and you're comfortable. And the current state analysis is really meant to kind of push you out of that comfort zone, right? Start to build some relationships, build some dialogue, build feedback loops in, you know, a much broader way and help you to your point, kind of uncover some of those things that, you know, it's it's nobody's fault really, right? We're all moving quickly uh, all the time and we're all going from meeting to meeting to meeting. Current state analysis is just that opportunity for all of us to, you know, kind of get on the same page uh, to your point, kind of learn some things that maybe we didn't learn. It's actually really interesting because when you do a current state analysis, you'll hear a lot of people say, oh, yeah, that somebody so somebody brought that up a couple of months ago or so and so mm -hmm. mentioned that or, yeah, I, I tried to bring that up. But and so you see everybody's kind of perspectives just getting a chance to come to the surface and kind of hear them all at once versus kind of the one-off things in the meeting that might get lost. Yeah. So I, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk yeah. just about the process of, okay, you know, obviously understanding where we are today is a great thing to do. So I want to switch gears and talk a little bit about the process and, and how, at least at Teams & Co., we do these with our clients and would recommend, you know, if a client wants to attempt to do their own current state analysis, uh, how they would do that. So um, do you want to walk through maybe the first step and and we yeah. can sort of trade off from, from there? Yeah. And I mean, the reason we often um, work with clients on them is because, you know, similar to I think last week or the week before we were speaking about the team assimilation, having somebody help you with your current state analysis is same thing, right? It's just an outside perspective. It's also a non-biased perspective, right? Like we're not rooting for any outcome. Our only outcome that we root for is that the organization knows what their current state is and then can make some informed decisions. Um, so it's nice having a third party, whether it's us or somebody else, do it because, you know, it kind of takes some of that out. Now, that being said, you can, if you have a small organization or, you know, you have a, you know, a team member who's familiar with kind of doing strategy work, you can have somebody else do your current state analysis. That's totally fine. But you just want to kind of make sure that you're, you're aware of that, right? And you're kind of always checking to make sure like, okay, we're not trying to push this in one way or the other. We're really taking the feedback, you know, at its, at its value and making sure we're raising up all the different perspectives. So uh, I think that's where a current state analysis starts, right? So how we start a current state analysis is really understanding, actually, we go all the way to the end and we say, okay, what do we want to do with this information, right? Usually we want to be able to make a plan for how we're going to grow our business or how we're going to serve our customers better. Those things go hand in hand. And that will help you kind of understand what you should be doing and who you should be talking to, right? So you're going to want to interview all your stakeholders. So we work with organizations to make a stakeholder map. That sounds fancy. 
It's basically just saying who are all the people who your organization serves and partners with and who work within your organization. So it's your team members, it's your customers, it's your partners, it's your suppliers. If you just think about all the different people in your kind of network, it's those people, right? So stakeholders mm -hmm. is a fancy way of just saying, you know, who's interested or who's kind of affected by your business. Um, and then you're going to ask them a series of questions around like, okay, hey, here's our mission. Here's our vision. Here's our values. Do you think we're, we're living into them? Do you think we're achieving them? You know, um, do you think that there's any opportunities for us? You know, if it's your customers, what things do you love about us? What things could we improve? Pro tip here, what we always say is actually, if you're talking to customers or clients, you want to talk to some customers who are current, maybe some yeah. who used to be customers and they've left, because then you can ask them like, well, what made you leave our company as a customer? Maybe some folks who are prospective customers who haven't yet come on board. Um, and then you could ask them, you know, what would, what would entice you to become a customer? What, what value would you foresee in becoming a customer? So again, kind of having that end kind of understanding of, okay, we want to make sure we're providing a great customer experience. We're going to do a current state analysis of our customer experience, then helps you kind of understand which kinds of questions you need to ask as you're surveying and interviewing your different stakeholders. Yeah. I I'm going to I jump on sort of that same train of thought in, in a little bit different way. Um, I think yeah. you're absolutely right. It starts with what what's our goal? Who are the people that we need to talk to? And then the approach that, that we've taken just more of a how of doing exactly what you just talked about is you want to integrate, in my mind, three parts, a qualitative analysis, a quantitative analysis, and more of an ecosystem analysis. And the first of those generally is your qualitative analysis because it just takes the most time. And this looks like exactly what Tracy was talking about. You want to get out, uh, cast as wide a net as you feasibly can and have interviews with all of the people that Tracy just mentioned on the stakeholder map, internal, external suppliers, customers, team members. You want to talk to senior leaders. You want to talk to junior members of the organization. You want to talk across the organization from as many functional areas, as many geographic areas, uh, you know, as many business units as you can. And you want to ask all the relevant questions in some degree of depth. So the purpose of a qualitative analysis is really developing some educated hypotheses on what's going on in the organization. But you can't stop there because you don't have enough time to talk to all of the relevant stakeholders that you would want to talk to. So really all you're generating from these analyses is some really deep hypotheses. You're also hearing the tone of the organization. So you're likely getting a lot of really, really great quotes that you can use to really put your finger on the pulse of the organization from a relatively limited sample set. You then want to take a lot of those findings and turn them into a more quantitative discovery that you can, uh, where you can go wider, but but not quite as deep as you can. So you would want to use the hypotheses that you developed in your in your qualitative study, and develop a survey that you can deploy to those same stakeholder groups, just to many many more of them, and from there you can do a, an analysis on the results that you find from that quantitative study to really validate or disprove what you learned in, in the qualitative interview sessions. 
And, and in that way, you, you have both a deep and a wide understanding of the current state of your current organization. And then finally, the ecosystem analysis. We, we all know that organizations don't exist in a vacuum. No organization is completely isolated and off on an island. So doing a stakeholder analysis where you really try to understand who are the suppliers in this market, who are the customers, who are the competitors, what's the threat of new entrants. Um, we really like the Porter's Five Forces model as a framework to just assess the ecosystem within which an organization operates. Um, so very similar to what Tracy said, I just I like to think about a current state analysis in those three steps, qualitative to develop hypotheses, quantitative to test hypotheses, and ecosystem analysis to provide a lot more relevant context that a leadership team can can use to get a well-rounded view of their current state. Yeah, I think it's a, I think that's a great point, Mike, in terms of hitting all of the details for folks as they're thinking through all the steps. And the ecosystem mapping is actually the uh, what I would consider the super intriguing and kind of the it's the, the place that you're probably most likely to get kind of caught up in the details, right? Because it's fun to start to map out like, okay, here's all the value that like the competitive set offers. And here's where we kind of fall within the ecosystem. And here's this other visual that we can make around you know, different value propositions that our customers would find interesting. And, um, you know, people can use, to Mike's point, the, the Porter's Five Forces or SWOT analysis, but there's so many frameworks that the one thing I would say about ecosystem mapping is you you definitely want to make sure that you understand your ecosystem. You don't want to get so bogged down in that step that you never leave it, right? There's that that delicate balance that that we always have too, where this is the point that you're going to have so much data, right? You're going to have interviews, you're going to have surveys, you're going to have all of this like ecosystem research you've been doing. Uh, you want to make sure that you and your group kind of take a look at that, you talk through it, but you also quickly move into, okay, so what does this mean, right? You yeah. just don't want to get stuck in the analysis part of it, which it is really interesting, right? Like it's, it's, we all don't take a lot of time to always look this detailed at a lot of data, so once you start to open up that data, um, you could stay there forever if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a challenge that we have because we're both data nerds and there are times where we'll just geek out over something for far too long and then say, <laughs> okay, we really need to get back to, you know, we do we know what we need to know for the purpose of this exercise? And if so, we'll just move on. Um, right. <laughs> so, and that's the and, thing, and I, right? Like That's the thing you're trying to get out of this. We all want to understand what's valuable to our customers, right? If you're coming out of a current state analysis and you can say, okay, what's valuable to my customers or clients? What's valuable to my teams? And how can we grow? That's all you're really looking for, right? So after you get all this data, it's also nice to kind of take a step back and remind each other, okay, what are we really looking for in terms of themes, right? Like where do we see the opportunities? Maybe where do we see some challenges? Mm -hmm. And then you'll have a good perspective of, okay, this is where we stand, right? So you're going to go through all of this analysis. And at the end of it, you're going to say, okay, we still think we're serving these customers with this level of value. Mm -hmm. We still think our teams need X, Y, and Z to be successful. You know, we're going to help them overcome these, these challenges that have come up out of this current state analysis in these ways. We're going to provide these new and additional resources. And then you're going to be able to look broader and say, okay, we've also uncovered some trends and some insights from our surveys where we say, okay, maybe there's these opportunities in terms of, you know, they might be new products or they might be new segments that we could enter, uh, whatever they might, a new way of doing business. 
And you'll kind of have a game plan around which ones of those would you want to further investigate, right? So it's, yeah. it's a nice place to be at that point. Yeah, Tracy, I think what you're alluding to is the SWOT analysis, a, a lot of it, right? So we go and do all these different methods of discovery, and then we package them in we really like the framework of a SWOT, particularly for the qualitative and the quantitative analysis. Um, do you want to give just a super quick 30-second overview of what a SWOT analysis is and how an organization may be able to use one? Yeah. So we um, a, a SWOT is a pretty standard tool. We, we did not make it up. It's It's been used for a very long time. Uh, it's just going through what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Um, those are just basically what does the organization do really well? What does the organization have an opportunity to improve upon? Maybe that's not our strength, our core strength. Those would be our weaknesses. Uh, opportunities are where are there potentially gaps in that ecosystem? So as you've looked at the ecosystem, where are there some opportunities that nobody else might be filling that we might want to take advantage of and be able to fill and provide a service or a product that meets the needs of consumers there? And then threats. Uh, to Mike's point, this could be as defined as new entrants into the marketplace, right? Somebody mm -hmm. who's potentially kind of offering something that might be a challenge to our growth, right? So what we typically do is we kind of separate it out a little bit differently and we'll go through, you know, your strengths. Uh, so that, you know, in terms of the, we'll go through strengths of the organization and we go through opportunities first because that's what we feel like is green light thinking. So we take the strengths, we take the opportunities, your green light thinking, what are all the ways that we could really be growing? And then we use weaknesses and threats as a way to potentially kind of prioritize. So if there's something that's not our core skill set, a lot of times organizations and people will do this on their goals as well. It's they'll always want to improve their weaknesses. And what we say mm -hmm. is you don't always have to improve your weaknesses. You can overinvest in success and you can improve your strengths, right? So Sometimes your weaknesses are, it's okay, right? Like maybe you're not the greatest at providing, you know, a certain service or a certain product. That's okay. Then let's make sure that you're really exceptional at providing the product or service that is your strength yeah. um, and overinvest there. So we, we tend to use the weaknesses and threats as a way to make sure the organization is clearly focused on what are the top priorities because after green light thinking, which is always fun, you also want to make sure you're creating that defined list of your top two to maybe four tops. We usually mm -hmm. land somewhere around three, uh, but you don't really want to list too long or else your organization will be you know, too divided in their focus. You want to make sure that you're coming out of the SWAT with what are our top, top priorities. Yeah, I think that's a, a good point. Well, Tracy, I know that we're, uh, we're just about at time here, um, but wrapping up, I just wanted to say uh, one final thing, whether uh, you know, our listeners are engaging their own team to do a current state analysis or looking to hire a third party facilitator. It's really, really important to make sure that you're finding somebody who is unbiased and who's just going to present the facts to you. So uh, in the current state analysis, the job of the the strategist who's presenting it should not be to advocate for a particular position or take a stance on any given issue. It's It's merely to present the results from the study. So the goal should be present new information to the executive team and to the board to help them really gain a, a great understanding of their current state, but it should not be advocating for any particular position. So again, just a final encouragement for our listeners. Uh, if you do decide to move forward, make sure that that's one of the, the screening criteria for 
asking either somebody internally or as we would always recommend an external facilitator or strategist to guide the process. So Tracy, yeah. any concluding thoughts that, that you have? Yeah, Mike, I would agree with what you said. And I would add one thing, which would be just because you've done a current state analysis doesn't mean you need to change something, right? So sometimes what you'll do, and it happens, it happens often, is you'll do a current state analysis and figure out, hey, we're on the right track. We might need to you know, tweak some things here or there, make some small investments, but our vision and mission are on point. You know, We're delivering value as we've promised to our customers. And again, it's more about those minor changes or those minor kind of improvements that we can make. So a lot of times people think, oh, I got a strategic plan. I've got to do something new and different. Um, sometimes what you learn is that you're doing what you should be doing. You're doing it well. And now's mm -hmm. the opportunity to take advantage of some of those new opportunities. Um, so just keep that in mind as well. It doesn't, it doesn't always have to be a recipe for change. There are going to be times that change is needed. But also, you know, there's sometimes that staying the course is, is your best path and, and just making those, uh, you know, those minor improvements along the way. As we wrap up, I want to remind everybody to go wherever you find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever. Give us a, a rating, a review, and a subscribe. Um, that really helps us out. And while you're doing that, if you enjoyed this conversation, current state analysis, or any of our other content, go sign up for our newsletter at teamsandco.com. Uh, we are launching Teams Global here shortly, and we're actually going to be going much, much deeper on current state analysis and a variety of other topics. So. Thanks again for listening. And uh, Tracy, I'll kick it over to you to, to close this out. Yeah, no, I, uh, I love that, Mike. And we also started as a fun fact for everybody, a new Teams Global Facebook page. So if you want to be yeah. able to talk to other leaders, ask questions, you can find Teams Global on Facebook. And also you can find Teams & Co on uh, social media as well. So Facebook, Instagram. If you ever have any questions for the podcast, don't forget to ask them. You can just use hashtag ask teams. Hashtag A-S-K-T-E-A-M-E-S. -E -E and we will uh, see you next week. You've been listening to Building Teams with Teams & Co. To learn more about the latest thinking on how to empower your team to deliver exceptional results or to book a consultation, please visit us at teamsandco.com or follow us at LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Mention of particular products or services and participation of a guest does not imply an endorsement by Teams & Co. The information provided is for educational and entertainment purposes and should not be taken as professional advice.